Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had, he had done. This is account of the heavens and the earth when they were created when the Lord God made earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lucy. Um, 
We're going to do something slightly different than we normally do, what we normally do, um, which is actually go through a text um, and go through what that text has to say um, to us. Um, but since this is Workplace Sunday, and what we'll do is actually do a little bit, st- take a step back and do an overview of what, uh, God's view of work. And uh, could I just say that... Uh, as I was preparing this, um, I just thought there's so much more to say, um, that not enough time to say it. And this is one of the reasons why we're doing this uh, work and faith uh, course. And so if you, do, if you want to find out more about what it means to work as a Christian a bit more with all its complexities, um, do come and join us uh, for, that, um, uh, for that course, and which will start next week, uh, this coming week um, on October uh, 30th. But let's pray that God will speak to us. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks that, um, that the Bible gives us a story, uh, a story in which we uh, are a part of. Um, and we pray that today that you'll give us a, a great overview, uh, the big picture story of what you have done and what it means for us to live as part of your creation and part of your story. Uh, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's a question that I often ask, but what do you think of when you think of heaven? When you think of heaven, you might imagine angels and harps. Um, you might imagine lying around the beach and sipping cocktails. Uh, you might imagine an eternal church service, uh, people singing all the time. To me, that sounds actually not that great. <laughs> Some people imagine that they might, um, they'll do things that they really like doing uh, all the time, uh, playing golf, bike riding, uh, tennis, reading, uh, reading uh, with, uh, with, uh, with a good cup of tea. But I imagine that not, that not many of you uh, think of work when you think of heaven or the new creation. After all, work is something that gives us a headache. It's often viewed as a curse. It's not just the people who live in Hong Kong. People who have lived throughout the history had uh, felt the same way about their workplace. It's viewed as a curse. Babylonians thought that God created human beings um, because God didn't want to work. God wanted to make these little minions that worked for, uh, for them. Greeks believed that manual labor was bad and beneath the dignity of human being, and when you died, you were freed from the body and you wouldn't have to work anymore. Um, so we continue to imagine work as an escape, I mean, work as a curse, and uh, a holiday is an escape from work. Holiday is heaven and work is hell, and that's uh, why I think we need to think biblically about work. And um, the message of the Bible is that that work is good, that there was work in the very beginning of the whole creation. There is work now, and there will be work in the new creation when God comes back. There is goodness in work. Just think about how the Bible begins with Genesis 1, 1 1 starting with, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The rest of the chapter is about God working. For the first three days, God created the realms. In the next three days, God fills those realms with living things. That's what he does. God in Genesis 1, from the very beginning, gets his hands dirty. He forms people out of the dirt. Look out Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God is a working God. God is not beneath work. He speaks and orders and forms and fills. He brings complexities from simplicity. He takes satisfaction from joy of working. 
After he creates things, he steps back and he goes, this is good. What I've made is good. What I've created is good. After the, the whole, whole, whole thing, he steps back and this is very, he goes, this is very good. He, God is a working God who, who finds satisfaction in his work. And it's not just God who is working. People are working from the, from the very beginning too. Look at the reason that Genesis gives, uh, the writer of Genesis gives um, as to why human beings are created in, in chapter 1, verse 26. God says to himself, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, birds of the air. One of the reasons why we're created uh, is to rule over the things that God had created. After God creates people, he blesses them chapter 1, verse 28, and says, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the whole creation. That's work. God wanted people to go to the all corners of this earth and fill it and subdue it. And subduing, that word, uh, means that actually, although things were created good, there's still work to do. There's still forming to do. There's still cultivating and work to be done. We are to go on, fill it, and rule the earth um, as God would rule it. In fact, uh, that explains why we're created in God's image. Although we, uh, the whole creation speaks of God's goodness. The whole creation, uh, you know, when you look at the, 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 the grandeur of uh, the universe or the just pictures of tiny pictures and you see how good God is and how mighty he is. But we as human beings are specifically created in God's image. And that is for a reason. We are created in God's image so that we might be able to rule the whole creation as God would rule. Um, I've uh, used this um, illustration before, but on, in Queen, uh, in Queen um, Victoria Park in Causeway Bay, you'll see um, that this statue, statue of Queen Victoria, as you know, Queen Victoria is the, uh, the, the, the queen under which the British Empire expanded to the all corners of the earth. Um, that at one point, you know, the, the, the sun never set in the British Empire. Uh, and when that happened, at the height of the empire, these statues were made almost like in a factory setting. Um, they were created one after another, and then they were sent to the far-flung corners of the British Empire. And the message was very clear. This land belongs to uh, Queen, uh, Queen Victoria. This is where she reigns. In fact, that's what we do. And this one was made in 1896 in Pimlico, apparently. The idea was that we are created with the similar ideas. We bear God's image, and then God sends us out into the whole corners of the earth. We bear God's image, and we are to go to the all corners of the earth, all sectors of society, and create in all things that we do, we are to rule and reign as God would reign, as people who bear God's image. That's why we're created, part of the reasons, why we're created in God's image. And this is where I have to be somewhat careful to rule. To rule doesn't mean that we sit around and tell the whole creation what to do. And that's, not, that's not what God does in the creation. As God rules, he works. He serves. Reigning is working. It's creating and cultivating, putting in boundaries, um, separating, developing, getting the best out of this world, the land in which we live. Reigning also is serving. In Genesis 2, God put Adam and Eve 
and the Garden of Eden, in, 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 in these words, in 2.15, to work it and to take care of it. And that word, uh, work, is also the same word for serve, to serve it, to be a keeper of it, to be God's caretakers of God's world. This is what it means to rule. And that goes along, I think, nicely with last week's sermon, how we are meant to serve no matter where we are. Whatever we are doing, we are to serve each other and the whole creation. And the work will continue in the new creation as well. People often talk about going to heaven, but there will be earth in the new creation. The whole earth will be renewed. You know, Jesus uh, promises in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 5, uh, that we will inherit the earth, right? And that wouldn't be much of a promise if earth just disappeared. The earth will be renewed. We will inherit the earth. We will reign with it. This is how Paul uh, puts it to Timothy as he writes. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. We were created to rule in the very beginning. And what Paul is saying, that in the end, when Jesus comes back, we will continue the ruling, continue serving, and continue working over the whole creation. This is how Revelation puts it, Revelation 5.10. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. We will reign over the whole creation. As much as we might not like working, work isn't a curse that came as a result of the fall. Something, something that's beneath our dignity. God worked, and God is still working to sustain this whole world, and we will work with Him in the new creation. And I think you know that, um, too, because when you had a really satisfying day of work, when you had a good day of work, when you worked hard and you got something done and things just felt right, you come, you come home and, and you go, wow, that, that was a good day. That was a, that was a good day. That, there, that's because there is a purpose and design in us. We are supposed to work in that way, and we sense the goodness of work. But at the same time, at the same time, um, some of you are deeply disappointed because you think that you, you hate working. <laughs> Maybe you have a tough boss. Um, you have a tough boss. Um, maybe uh, you just aren't very good at your job and you find work really frustrating. Maybe your vision of uh, your vision of work as a Christian and the company's vision uh, don't match. Maybe it's just long hours um, that you are working. Who hasn't complained about their workplace? Um, uh, But we must keep in mind the Bible's uh, story and the the whole thing. The work, that, that work is frustrating. Doesn't mean that it's just bad. And it's right to expect evil in work. Uh, and uh, because we live after the fall, we need to keep that in mind. The Bible story, there is the creation, but there is the fall in Genesis chapter 3. There we see Adam and Eve disobeying God. They aren't content being stewards of the creation. They aren't content being creatures of God. They don't want to be told what is right and wrong. They don't want to be told how to live. They don't want to be told how to work. And how to, uh, um, what they want to do is they want to live um, like God. They want to be like God. So instead of doing everything that they were permitted to do, they do the one thing they're not permitted to do. 
they eat from the, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, the rest is history. The, the, there is the spiritual death that occurs. They're separated from the relationship with God because of sin. As soon as they eat, they become aware of their nakedness and they hide from God when God comes. When God comes, they don't rejoice as we should. They, it, it, we're told in, in chapter 3 that they're afraid. It's a sign that the relationship with God and them are broken, that they can no longer be with the holy God, and later on they're banished. And they also become aware of each other's sins and shame um, as well. As soon as, once again, they sin, they become aware of their, their nakedness and they sow figs to hide from each other. You see, the harmony of relationship that they enjoyed is gone. Now, when asked what they've, what they've done, the Adam blames the, uh, Eve, doesn't, doesn't he? The woman that you have put, uh, put, um, put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. He blames the woman. Actually, he blames God uh, there as well. The woman uh, that you put here with me. But look at the, also the curses that's put on the women and men. One of the curses on women in chapter 3, verse 16, is that your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And the commentators and scholars debate over what that exactly means, but one thing is very clear. The relationship is broken. Relationship between husband and wife, relationship between men and women, relationship between, as we, we see uh, later on, relationship between people are broken. It becomes about power and control. It becomes about something other than working together in harmony for the glory of God. There will be struggle in our relationship. And all these affect our work, don't they? This is why work is so difficult. Because work happens in the context of the fallen world. Instead of people working together for God's glory as one, people work for themselves, for their own glory, in their own way. No wonder competition is the norm in the workplace. No wonder you have to sort of watch out for the people who want your, uh, you, want your job. No wonder we have to fear for our jobs because everybody's concerned for themselves and for their own advancement. And that's what happens when we step outside of God's design for work as well. If we had worked um, for uh, last week um, when we were talking about service, being servants, uh, Mary, uh, you know, I read my sermons to Mary um, before, and Mary told me, no, you be, be realistic here a bit. Mary asked me, uh, you know, she, hard, she finds it hard to, she says, it's hard to train people who are juniors um, because once you've trained them and they do your job better than you, they might take your job. Uh, you know, but if we all worked together for the common goal, for the shared mission, it wouldn't be that way. It wouldn't be that way. We would be, imp- we would be able to empower other people to flourish, to do, uh, to do their, their jobs better. Instead of, but instead, in this fallen world, we strike people down, we trample on top of others, we live for status and privilege, using others to get to our own ends, lying, cheating, um, flattering, uh, backstabbing, blame, blame game, all become part of our work. We no longer are acting in accordance to the image of God that we have been created with for the same mission of God that God has, uh, God has given. And it would just be bad, just, just like that. But 
The work itself is cursed. Um, God puts a, a curse on the ground, which is the place of, a place of work for Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. From dust, for dust you are, and dust you will return. Rather than work being a joyful response to the gifts that God has given us, to the goodness of God, to each one of us, work becomes a painful toil in a harsh world. And sometimes our work is just futile. Um, You might toil on the ground day after night, but rather than producing fruit, it might produce thorns and thistles. And you've all been there, projects that you've worked on, the people that you've um, trained or, or, or a pro- products that you've, you've launched, it's just come to nothing. I, you know, I, my, my dad uh, has been working in the same church for 23 years in hard toil, but it's a tough going. It's a church of less than 50 people still. It's tough. Work is tough. But the problem is that we still need to work because work is the means by which God uh, God has provided for, uh, provided for us to live. So from dust to dust, we have to wor- work with the sweat in our brow. Work is cursed. But I think I spent a bit too much time on this because I didn't have to spend too much time to convince you that work is terrible. <laughs> But before we move on, let me draw out some, principles, some, some things, uh, what this might actually mean uh, for all of us. First, uh, this point most of you know, um, knowing the gospel, um, knowing, being a Christian, knowing the storyline um, means that there is, after the fall, um, character of work changed a little bit. One more job is added um, to, uh, to the original design which is that we now need to tell others about the goodness of Christ and, and the salvation that we've received and the redemption of the, the workplace itself. We need to tell others. We need to tell that this is God's world, that our jobs are given by God, that our resources and talents are God's, that we are to work and live as God's stewards. We need to tell others. We need to, not only because we need to, uh, when we live on our own way, we mess up this whole world, uh, but because God will come and judge the world and see how we lived and worked. We need to tell them that we will reign with him if we put our trust in him, in, 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 his, in, in his son Jesus. And... Uh, this also storyline, this whole thing, tells us that also work, while it's frustrating, it's still good. It's still good. There used to be a time um, when, as uh, I think Alice said and Peter said as well, uh, there used to be a time when spiritual work um, was privileged over other sorts of works. But if we look at God's original design for world and work, we see that all work that takes care of God's creation, to creating godly culture, exercising the image of God that is in us, um, that enables people to flourish, the world to flourish, is good. It is good work. We're all to rule as God's image bearers, using our different gifts. In 16th century, the, the famous um, uh, Martin Luther, this is how he put it, 
What else is all our work to God, whether in fields, in the gardens, in the city, in the house, and more in government, but just such a child's performance by which he wants to give us, uh, give his gifts in the fields, at home, and everywhere else. These are masks of God behind which God wants to remain concealed and do all things. He calls us masks of God behind which God is giving all these things. God is providing, as Peter said, through these different means. As another way of saying that we are all image bearers, God's image bearers, ruling and serving. God provides bread through bakers. God provides justice through lawyers and prosecutors and judges. Uh, Our jobs, if not sinful, are a way of exercising God's image in us and exercising um, the authority that God has given us. What does it mean to be a Christian pilot? Um, I was listening to something by, by Tim Keller, and Tim Keller just simply uh, says, to land the plane, to be an architect, to, to build beautiful houses and safe buildings, to be a teacher. To be a Christian teacher means teaching your subjects well to your students. That's how, first, God provides for the world and how we reign, we share in God's reign with him in this world. So take your work seriously because God has placed you there. God has gifted you, not just with the natural gifts, but the opportunities to serve God in this way. And thirdly, we should know that um, knowing all of this means that we will not, also, um, although work is satisfying, it will not ultimately satisfy us. We are designed to work. Uh, and we will find great satisfaction in the work. Um, and some, so some people make a work an idol, and, and they, they, they become workaholics. But this is a recipe for disaster, for it will not always ultimately satisfy. Work is good, but God, relationship with God, is ultimately satisfying. And working in relationship to him, right relationship to him, will become, uh, will bring you that satisfaction that you're looking for. On the, flip, um, on the flip side of this is that when we are satisfied in that relationship with God, it means that we can also rest, that we can rest while we work, that we won't have to strive um, to find an identity apart from God in our achievements, in the status that we achieve. It's not something that we have to work for. God has given us this. It also means that because we know that God is good and God takes care of us and God has created us, that we can also afford to rest, that we can take a break once in a while. And finally, I think this also means that we have to... um, Oh, sorry, it's not um, there, but... uh, Sorry. Sorry. we have to adjust our expectations about work as well. You know, um, I was uh, uh, in, the, in a bus that I saw in Hong Kong. I think it was a job advertisement. It said, happiness is the right job or a different job or something like that. Uh, it might be true that your current job is not uh, right for you, for you. But if you are expecting your job to be ultimately satisfying, that really good, um, that it will bring you this happiness that you're looking for, um, you, you have the wrong expectation. 
work in this world is filled with thorns and thistles. It will produce uh, those, uh, those jobs. I have the best job in the world, uh, but I still find some of you not that terribly satisfying. Uh, no, that's, that is not true. I'm sorry. My work not to be satisfying. And finally, the gospel frees us to uh, work for a different purpose, and we can pursue his kingdom here and on earth rather than just to make money just to achieve more than other people. We can work for God and be God's stewards in our own jobs, and that frees us from our own ambition, even ambition to achieve for God. This helps us to resist all the temptations um, that are in the workplace and participate in the fallenness of all the work. The gospel allows us to work morally, uh, knowing that we are serving that God. Abram uh, Kuyper is uh, famous for saying that there's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Spiritual world, secular world, church work, your work, they're all gods. They're all Christ's. Christ says, this is mine, and you should be working for me there. Let's pray. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks um, that you have created us for a purpose. Help us to realize that purpose and help us to live for you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Um, We're going to sing the offering song. Uh, This is a way to worship God with our money. Uh, If you are a new uh, 